You're tuning in to the Be Fiercely You podcast, the podcast where women find their power and confidence by slaying doubt, creating a foundation of self-love, and by tapping into their inner fierce. I am your host, Heather Nicole, and I'm here to help you become the fierce queen you are meant to be. Together, we will conquer your fears, let go of others' judgment, and unlock your inner badass. So who's with me? Are you ready to take your life into your own hands and discover the possibilities that await you? Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to the Be Fiercely You podcast. I am so happy to be here with you guys today. It has been a long week. Um, Some weeks I record this podcast like in real time. So I will record it like that Saturday or Sunday before it is um, live. So the things that I talk about are like really happening in my life right then when you're listening to it. So this week was going to be one of those weeks when I recorded it over this past weekend. And needless to say, things did not go as planned. Um, We went to the beach on Sunday with the kids. And I lotioned up when I got there. And I got in the water with the kids, played in the ocean, hadn't been, hadn't swum in the ocean in a long freaking time. And it was so... It was so nice, so uh, just freeing and relaxing and peaceful. It was awesome. So I did that. I got out of the water, didn't reapply sunscreen, laid on my stomach, read a book for about 30 or 45 minutes. Um, The wind was blowing. You know, it wasn't that hot. It was a great freaking day for the beach. Um, Got up, you know, flipped over, you know, sat on my butt for a while um you know and then we left uh, an hour or two after that and then I started noticing that my skin was red <laughs> I had gotten a sunburn uh so we made it back to our house which is about an hour away from the beach um and we had some time before we had to take my stepson back to his mom. So we stopped at the house to chill, unload the car. You know, it's on the way to where we had to drop him off anyway. Um, so we did that. And then we took him up to his mom, which is about 45 minutes north again. Um, so we did that. And in the car, I started to feel extremely nauseous. And I thought it was because I hadn't eaten and, you know, I was just, I was getting really lightheaded. Like, I just felt so bad. And the longer we were in the car, the worse it got. Well, I didn't know, and now I do, that you can get physically ill and get a fever from sun poisoning. And that's what happened to me. I always have the weird shit happen, like the random shit that, you know is slightly embarrassing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this was my fault for not reapplying sunscreen. I am aware. And that's what happens. And lesson to you all, make sure you apply your sunscreen. And if you don't, sit in the the shade. Don't stay out in the sun too long. Um, (laughs) It was really terrible. I was nauseous for almost 48 hours. 
Um, my skin is luckily I didn't blister or anything. I did have a little bit of swelling, but, um, so it could have been worse. I could, it could have definitely been worse. So I'm grateful for that, but it still sucked. I had to call out of work two days this week and the podcast was delayed. So I said all that to explain why the podcast was, is late this week. And that is why, because my plans got totally freaking derailed. So here we are. Um, I am so happy to report that in current time, I feel much better than I did. No nausea, no fever. Um, my skin, of course, is still healing um, and still red. So, and, you know, still very tender and sore. So I'm dealing with that. But, you know, that's the fun of summer. It is what it is. It's okay. I'm living. We're moving forward. Dealing with it. Taking care of it. Keep on trucking, right? That's what we got to do. So that was my fun story from my weekend. I hope you guys had a great freaking weekend too, even though you'll be hearing this on Thursday and it'll be almost time for a brand new weekend. Um, I have, like I said, it's been a really long week between that and my first day back to work today was busy, busy, busy and exhausting for multiple reasons. So there's that. Um, I am diligently working on finishing up this course for you guys. Um, And really, my podcast community is the only place that I've talked about the course yet. So you guys like get in like the exclusive details on this. Uh, But this course, Permission to Shift, is going to be so fucking good. Oh my god, I'm so excited. This is the best piece of content that I have ever created and I am so freaking proud of it and it is going to change lives and that's why I'm so freaking excited about it because you are going to get so much out of this course. If you haven't heard already, this course is talking about making this shift in our life from being this person who is molded into the this this human being that we don't even recognize um, based on the opinions of the of, of people in our lives, right? Based on the opinions of our parents or our friends or our mentors or society, right? We shape ourselves or we, we put on a mask and hide who we really are. This is about shifting out of that and shifting into your confidence, into your power, into your strength and becoming this warrior version of you, this fierce version of you that is unstoppable, that's unapologetic and loves herself to her core. Okay, that's what this course is about. And it's so freaking good. Guys, it's five modules. I have two bonus videos for you. And I have a workbook that I created that it's not like a typical workbook where it's kind of, you know, you just journal in it or whatever. This is a workbook that you go through as you take the course and you write your own notes, okay? You write your own titles. You write, you know, the steps, the tools that I give you. You write those things down. That way you have a reference book in your own words that you can go back to and use time and time again. And the best thing is that you have all of these videos, which is eight total, because we have our five 
course videos, there's an introductory video, and your two bonus videos, so eight videos um, for life. So you can go back and, you know, check in if there is a certain section that really resonated with you. You can go back and check on it, check in on that and rewatch it six months from now when something happens in your life, you know, that you need to deal with and you need a refresher on those tools. Okay, and I'm giving you tons of tools, tons of tricks, tons of insight into how to be confident, right? How to let go of other people's opinions, you know, how to set boundaries and goals in your life without feeling guilty for it, all right? How to give yourself permission to say no to certain things, right? This this course is so, it's awesome. It's so freaking good. It's my baby. I'm so proud of it. And again, because you, my podcast listeners, are the only people that have gotten this inside look into the course so far, I decided to do a special offer for you. So the course is going to be dropping most likely on Monday. Um, You're going to start seeing about it on social media and the like. Um, So if you hear about this course through the podcast and you DM me and say, Hey, I heard about this course from your podcast and I want in, I am going to give you a hundred dollars off. Okay. I'm going to give you a hundred dollars off. So contact me again, if you're interested, um, there'll be more details, all the like super, uh, full details on everything. Um, will be available by Monday at the latest. I'm going to just have a few things that, you know, I need to tweak again, you know, because life is life. I didn't get things done on time, but I'm not stressed about it because, you know, good things happen in their own time and it's just happening how it's supposed to happen and I'm okay with that. So, now that I got all that out, um, let's get to today's podcast. And this is a really vulnerable episode for me. Um, you know, I've talked about it before here and there in different parts. And, you know, you may have had to watch maybe a couple different videos or listen to a couple different podcast episodes to get the full picture. Um, and I don't, it's just such a long story that I'm not going to get into every little detail right now. But this episode is going to be talking about my past relationship. Um, the one that tore me apart. And the one that I'm actually kind of, in a way, grateful for because it got me to where I am today. And it pushed me and changed me into the woman that I am today. And, you know, without those things happening to me, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this because that whole experience is why I got into coaching in the first place. Because I wanted to be this voice for other women who had been in situations that I had been in and tell them that it's okay and that it doesn't define them. That you can still be a confident and powerful woman. That you can still live the life you desire. You can still be happy. You deserve all those things. Um, You you know, and that's really where this whole Be Fierce movement came from. 
and, you know, stepping into that fierce version of you. So today I wanted to do a, actually, and I'm sorry, I just realized I wasn't clear about this. My relationship was a mentally and a physically abusive relationship and it tore me down in many ways. Um, you know, it created this person who I didn't know who she was anymore. Someone who never stood up for herself. Someone who was a victim. Someone who didn't believe in herself and who felt stuck. Um, I was depressed. I was suicidal at one point. Um, oh, it really, really played its its toll on me. And I still deal with some things because of that relationship. That relationship lasted 10 years. Um, we divorced. The divorce was final in February of 2018. Um, we separated in August, the end of August, like September of 2017. Um, so it's been almost four years now that we've been separated that I have not dealt with him um, in any way, shape, or form. It was a very toxic situation and the divorce was no different. Um, it was toxic. It was hard. Um, there was fear. There was, you know, all kinds of emotions. Um, and it was drawn out and it was a fight. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, but it was worth it. It was so freaking worth it. And now I am in a loving relationship the kind of relationship that I didn't even know existed with a partner who supports me in, in a way that I've never felt supported before. Um, but I still find myself falling back and allowing the past to affect me. And that is specifically what I want to talk about today. Um, Things that we do after being in a mentally or a physically abusive relationship that we may not realize that we do. Um, things that we carry into other relationships and things that we allow to really hold us back because we haven't fully healed from those things. Okay, we allow ourselves to still be victim to the past and a victim to our exes, even though we're not in that relationship anymore. When we allow these, these things to happen, these triggers, if you will, to happen. Um, oh, that is my affirmation on my phone that tells me that I choose to be myself and that is attractive as fuck. Hell Yeah. I have alarms that are set for every couple of hours during the day that give me affirmations. Um, I started doing that a few weeks ago and it's, it's awesome. It's so cool. Even though I know it's coming, I kind of forget it's coming. 
And, you know, it comes almost just at any time that I need it, which right now I'm in the middle of recording this podcast and I get the reminder that I am allowed to be who I am and that it's attractive and that makes me feel awesome. So yeah, sorry. Side note, that's over with. I silenced that alarm while we're taking a break. Let me get a swig of my Mike's hard peach lemonade. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a real lightweight when it comes to drinking. So these mics hard and some wine are about the, all you'll see me drinking. (laughs) All right. I had just a little bit left, so I finished it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I lost track of where I, what, where I, what I was saying. So we're just going to start talking about these things. I have six different things. And again, these are things you might not realize that you're doing. You know, if you have been in a mentally abusive relationship, these are things that you may carry over into other relationships because you've kind of been conditioned in a way. Okay. And that'll make more sense as we go through those, through these, excuse me. All right, so number one, and again, these are all things that I personally do. So of course, there's going to be other things that we could add to this list. Um, if you want to keep the conversation going, please leave a review. You know, let me know that you want to keep the conversation going. I'll start a post about this, and we can talk about it, or send me a DM, um, and let me know, and I'll do the same. I will do a post, and we can get a conversation going on Instagram. So the very first thing and the one thing that I am most guilty of is being over apologetic, right? Saying sorry all the time for everything. And I've come to realize that that came from being in this relationship because I never did that shit before. Never. You know, like, of course I would apologize, but If I, um, of course now I can't think of an example. Um, you know, it's just over little things like you like bump into somebody or they bump into you and you apologize, right? Or, um, you know, you're at the coffee shop and you go to grab a sugar and somebody else is standing there trying to grab a sugar. Oh no, sorry, sorry, you go, you go. Oh no, sorry, you go. No, sorry, you go. It's okay. No. Yeah, that whole banter back and forth. Um, <coughs> um, it's kind of apologizing all the time, basically for being you and for existing, right? Just for being there. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in the way. Um, I'm sorry I said that. Um, you know, just all kinds of things, right? Does this sound familiar to you? This is something that I do. And, you know, it's because you don't want to upset anyone, right? You don't want to ruffle feathers with people. So you apologize. You're like, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Please, please don't be upset at me. Right? You might not say that. But that's what you're thinking in the back of your mind. Like, Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Please don't be upset at me. (laughs) Um, because that, that's what it is. We're worried that we're going to upset somebody. Like, what the heck? We're worried about upsetting somebody for being there and for just 
being present and being in our in our bodies no screw that so i've really tried to be conscious and aware of the sorries that i put out into the world um and there are all kinds of like posts about this on instagram and pinterest like of how you can say things like instead of saying i'm sorry i'm late you can say thank you for waiting for me um you know, things like that. And that's what I tried to do. I tried to change my, how I spoke to help change my perception on that word. Um, and it was very intentful and it was forced and (laughs) it was hard at first and they slipped out all the time, you know, but if you have like a partner that you can ask to, Hey, hold me accountable at any time I say, sorry, like flick me on the wrist or something, you know, or point it out to me. So I realize it, it makes it a lot easier, but if not, you just need to be hyper aware of it and really just stop and think before you say things. Um, you know, that's one of my awareness check-in points is did I stop to think before I spoke today? Am I slowing down? Um, you know, I talk really fast. I try to slow my speaking down when I'm recording podcasts because you guys are listening to this. Um, but sometimes I start going off on a tangent and I start talking really fast and I get really excited about stuff. So I just go, 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 go. Um, You know, it's it's the same thing when you're talking throughout your day. Sometimes you just need to slow down and think about what you're about to say. And if you feel the words, I'm sorry, about to come out of your mouth, you need to stop it and reword what you're about to say. Okay? So that's one way that it showed up for me. And that was really because of the fact that he made me feel like I fucked up all the time. And he expected me to apologize all the time. I can probably count on one hand the amount of times that he apologized to me that he said the words, I'm sorry, in 10 years. It was always me apologizing. It was always my fault. So I kind of just fell into that role of the apologizer, if you will. Sorry, I did that. Sorry, I got the wrong butter. Yes, that was a real argument. Um, sorry, I didn't get your juice. Sorry, I forgot to do that. Like, God forbid I was human and had too much on my mind and forgot something. You know, it was like the end of the world. Um, so any time, and I, I've done this a lot, especially in the beginning of my new relationship, was just apologize all the time for silly stuff. He's like, why are you apologizing for that? Like, that's just like, no, it's okay. Let's just move on. Um, so yeah, that's a sign. If you have been in a mentally abusive relationship, having to apologize all the time, feeling that need to apologize all the time, um, could show up for you. Um, a second thing that I didn't realize I was doing that I recently brought attention to was not asking for help. Right? My my ex wouldn't barely help me with anything. Like asking him to take out the trash was like pulling fucking teeth. Um you know, and, and if I did ask for help with something, like 
I don't know if I couldn't reach something or if I couldn't pick up something that was heavy or something like that. He'd make me feel like inadequate, like I wasn't enough because I was asking for help. So I just kind of got into the habit of doing things myself and not asking for help. And for a while, I was like, oh, like, hell yeah, I am fucking independent. Um, You know, I'm just an independent woman. I do things. I get things done. And while that's fucking amazing and I... I I love seeing independent women and women stand in their power and stand in who they are. The point of the matter is that even Superwoman needs help from time to time. It just is what it is, right? She didn't work on her own. She was fucking working with Batman and shit, <laughs> you know? Like, sometimes you need help, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. That's because you're human, and anybody who makes you feel shameful because you're asking for help for something is a toxic person and somebody that you don't need in your life point blank period so we need to like break this stigma that asking for help means that you're weak no in my opinion asking for help means that you're strong as fuck because it takes so much bravery to ask for help because there is such a stigma around it Right? Us moms struggle with this all the time because moms are supposed to have it all together. We're supposed to just do everything for everybody and not complain about it and be and be superwoman, right? We're supposed to just do everything. No, that's not realistic. It's just not. So we need to let ourselves off the hook a little bit, give ourselves some grace And remind ourselves that it's okay to ask for help sometimes. We all need help from time to time. And my partner now, Floyd, my fiance, had to remind me of this. You know, and I will never forget the moment where he was like, why do you make it so hard for me to help you? And it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, shit. Like... (laughs) I do make it really freaking difficult for you to help me, don't I? Like, he would ask to help me and be like, no, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. It's fine, it's fine, don't help me, don't help me. When really, I'm like, I wish he'd help me right now. Maybe he'll see through the lie, you know, but, you know, I don't want to seem like I need help because I don't want to seem like I can't handle myself. Like, no, no. You got to get out of that mindset. Out of that mindset it's okay to ask for help. It is necessary sometimes. And that is okay. There's absolutely no shame in that. Again, that is courage. That's bravery, right? That's you getting out of your comfort zone and asking for something. That's where you fucking grow, right? The more I did it, the easier it got. So now I can say, hey, I have all these bags. Can you come help me without feeling the guilt and the shame around asking for help? That silly guilt and shame that we like to carry around with us as women. No, I have fully let that shit go. I do not have time for it. Right? I, I'm just, I, I don't. And I'm not going to feel guilty anymore or shameful anymore because I'm asking for help. Because I can't do something. I am not Miss Fix-It. Like, I can't fucking do everything. I know that. 
So I have to ask for help sometimes. I have to get over the fact that I don't like asking for help. All right. But again, this was something that I wasn't even brought to my attention until probably about two years ago. And like I said, we've been separated for about four. So it was two years of not even being with him that I was still in this this mode, this behavior, this conditioning that I, I shouldn't ask for help. You know, my partner shouldn't help me. I don't need their help. No, hell no. That's what being in a relationship's about. Helping each other, being there for each other, supporting each other. What the hell's the point of being in a relationship if you're not going to let them do that? Right? So another thing that I find myself doing, the third thing I find myself doing, and this is something that actually is more, even more recent, as in like a couple of weeks ago recent, when I realized um, what I was doing. And this was this idea that I was like overly grateful for little things like... And I, it, again, this was coming from a place of guilt and I didn't even realize that I was doing it. So I didn't feel well a couple of weeks ago and fully cleaned the kitchen for me. Do you know how guilty I felt about that? <laughs> it wasn't one of those moments where I asked him to do it, asked for help. Like he just did it on his own. And while I know that sounds so silly, like... You just said you're supposed to be, you're in a relationship. You're supposed to help each other, support each other, be there for each other. And I get it. But again, these things, some things are, are, they're just still coming up for me. Right. And this applies to so many different areas of your life that you you bring awareness to it in one thing and then you become hyper aware of it in that one thing. And then you gradually see the comparisons, um, the similarities, I should say, in other areas of your life. So this is one of those moments. I realized that like, when he would do those things for me without me asking, I felt guilty for them. So I was being overly thankful to him. Like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Five minutes later, thank you again for doing that. I really, really appreciate you doing that. You didn't have to do that. Like, that was so nice of you. I so appreciate it. Thank you. A couple minutes later, baby, I just, I love you so much for doing that for me. Thank you. I love you so much. Like, you are the best fiance ever. Dragging it on and on. And he just looks at me like, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep thanking me? Like, it wasn't that big of a deal. I just did, did, did the dishes. He's like, I unloaded and loaded the dishwasher. That's all I did. And that was the moment where I was like, oh, he's right. Wait a second. What am I? Wow. That was when I realized I'm allowing this guilt to make me overly thankful to him. Not that it's a bad thing to thank your partner and appreciate them. Show them appreciation. That's not what I'm saying here. But... If you're coming from a place of guilt rather than a place of pure gratefulness for that thing, then there's something that's not in alignment there. And there's something that you need to dig into and that you need to reevaluate. And that's what I needed to do. So I realized that I was coming from this place of guilt. And I was, finally I was like, like this, this 
this past time I got sick, this past couple days ago, he did the dishes for me. And I, I told him when he came up, thank you. I, you know, I appreciate it. I love you. And that was it. I let it go. I didn't overly thank him. I wasn't a freak about it. Um, and that was it. And he appreciated my thank, my thank you. And that was, that was the end of that. And it was fine. Um, and I realize tying this back into what this has to do with a mentally abusive relationship, because I'm sure that's what you're thinking here. <laughs> Sorry, I go off on tangents and then, you know, that's why I need to have like a more structured, like outline of what I'm going to say, because today it's just some little chicken scratch notes. But the thing here is that my ex would have never done those things for me. Never. And while it is still coming from a place of guilt, it's also this, like, disbelief. Like, shit. He, like, did the dishes for me without me asking. Like, what? Ew. And it's like, I am grateful for it. But again, it was more so coming from a place of guilt because if my ex had to do that, I would have never heard the end of it. Right, he conditioned me to believe these these rules that women are supposed to do things in the kitchen and take care of the house, and the men, you know, take out the trash and sit on their asses. Um, <clears throat> so it was just like this weird combination of being so grateful for the fact that I'm with someone that does those things and doesn't expect me to then bend over backwards for them. Um, just like to pay them back. Like I owe them something more. So he did it because we're a partnership and he wanted to help me in a time that I needed his help. So, you know, that was something again, that I didn't even realize I was doing and that it stemmed from this relationship, this toxic relationship that has been done, been done for four years still stuff coming up. The fourth thing that I want to talk about is being sensitive to rejection. And this is honestly out of these six things that I'm talking about today. The one thing I really am still struggling with, if I'm being honest, like I said, this was going to be a vulnerable episode for me. So I'm, I'm telling you like it is. Um, you know, rejection hurts. It hurts really bad. And depending on who it's coming from, the feeling ranges from feeling not as bad to feeling really fucking shitty. Um, so the thing with rejection for me personally is that my ex would use the silent treatment as a tool to punish me almost. Um, so rejection feels the same to me. And it feels almost like a tool, right? And I feel like, oh my gosh, he doesn't love me anymore. And I start freaking out when really it's, like just him expressing his feelings and like, no, I don't want to do that right now. Or, 
you know, no, I don't really like that or whatever. Being this, this, this sensitivity to rejection is something that I'm really working on right now because I realize that it, I like immediately start crying. <laughs> like I, I'm a very emotional person and I wear my heart on my sleeve and you know, if I'm in a, an emotion, emotional state where I'm feeling sad, I will cry. <laughs> it's very easy for to make me cry unfortunately. Um, again, something I'm working on, but you know, not as high on the priority list right now, but (laughs) at least crying in as a reaction to being rejected. That's what I'm working on right now because that's what happened. You know, Floyd didn't want to do something that I wanted to do. I felt rejected and I cried like a baby (laughs) and I realized afterwards again, and while I've, I've had this realization, it hasn't been something that I've been focusing on the way that I should have been focusing on because I thought I had gotten over it. Every time you think you get over it and you really haven't healed from it, it shows up another way. And that's what's happening. I thought I had healed from it. And then it showed up again to say, no, 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 no. You need to deal with this again because you haven't learned your damn lesson. So this sensitivity to rejection, I think not only stems from being like given that silent treatment where I'm basically told, Hey, I'm not going to talk to you right now because I don't like what something that you did and I'm not going to show you any love right now because you don't deserve it. That, that pain not only comes from that, but I think as a child, I was, you know, being rejected was seen as this terrible thing. You know, you wanted to be liked by everyone. You had to fit in. You had to mold to what people wanted you to be so that people liked you. And that freaked me the fuck out. Like, oh my God, these people aren't going to like me. Uh, no, I can't be rejected. I have to be liked. I have to be liked. I want everybody to like me. I'll do whatever you want so that you like me. And, you know, that's like generational shit that's coming down. Um, but that has a lot to do with this too. And again, while it comes from generational shit, the fact that I had a husband that would reject me as a punishment because I didn't get the right butter or I cooked something that he didn't like or because I said something that he didn't like. Um, you know, it was used as, as a, as a weapon against me that now it freaks me out even more, freaks me out even more. So I'm working on that. But again, If you find yourself being sensitive to rejection, you know, maybe that is something else you need to dig into. Why do I still, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? Where is this coming from? Okay. And how can I move past it? What do I need to heal? What, what limiting belief do I need to get over? What is telling me that rejection is bad? 
Okay. Um, number five. The fifth thing that I do after being in a mentally abusive relationship that I didn't necessarily realize I was doing was worrying about making decisions without my partner for fear of upsetting them, right? Or doing something they don't like or getting something they don't like, right? And this kind of ties in a little bit to um, some of the other things we've talked about. But this whole, like, not making decision thing was a problem for a while. I've gotten a lot better about it. Um, but that is something that comes up for peace people who've been in these abusive relationships. You know, they never had the power. They were always conditioned to believe that their partner had the power. And, you know, you may have found yourself just always doing what your partner wanted to do or eating what your partner wanted to eat or whatever it was, the point being you had no power. So now you're in a relationship where your partner is trying to give you a little bit of power and say, hey, you know, just go do this on your own. I trust your judgment. You freak out. Because you're like, oh my gosh, no, I can't make this decision, right? It's your brainwashed to believe that you don't know how to make decisions, that you're not smart enough or good enough or whatever to make these decisions. So you don't make decisions <laughs> or you make them and then you apologize for it and it, you know, becomes a whole cycle here. Um, but finding that freedom and being like, hey, I'm going to do this. And then realizing that they're with a, in a healthy relationship with a, a positive, supportive partner, most of the decisions you're, you're making, unless it's like something outrageous, are not going to be something that they're going to get upset at you about. They're going to be like, okay, cool. Like you decided this for dinner, fine. Like if you know it's something they like, you might, might not have to run it. You don't have to run it by them. You can just make it and, oh, all right, this is cool. Yeah, that's fine. Whereas in a toxic relationship, it, should be, why, it could be something like, why didn't you ask me that if I wanted this for dinner? I don't want this tonight. I want something else. All right. Your partner makes so big of a difference in your life. Seriously. Seriously. But even with the most supportive, the most loving partners... These kinds of things will still show up. Okay. The sixth thing, last thing I want to talk about that might show up in your relationship is that you double think everything. Right? It's that that good to good blah, 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 too good to be true mentality. Goo to <laughs> Oh, God, it's been a long day. I'm tired, but that's all right. I'm almost done here. Right? Having that too good to be true mentality, right? Like this, like you just double think everything. Like, no, like he's doing this now so that he can wrap me around his finger and so that he can control me later. This isn't really how he feels, right? That he could never love me. Why would anyone love me? And you question everything. You question everything. And I did that so bad 
when me and Floyd first started dating because he is, and he doesn't like when I say this, but I say it anyway, because he is fucking perfect. Like, and I know he's perfect for me. Everybody has their flaws, but he is everything that I've ever wanted in a partner. And he fulfills me in a way that I didn't know was possible. And he loves me in a way that I didn't know was possible. And I love him in a way that I didn't know was possible. This whole new found love, especially how quickly things happened with us in the beginning, it was all this, oh my God, I don't deserve any of this. This is too good to be true. He has to have some kind of ulterior motive here. Like, what does he want for me? He just wants to use me. He just wants me for sex. Um, you know, this isn't going to last. All these kinds of self-sabotaging thinking patterns, which eventually led me down a path that fucked everything up and taught me more lessons. But that's a whole other episode that we're, we're not even going to get into that now, but this, this double thinking mentality, this, this questionable mentality, it's fucked me over more times than I can tell you. And it's again, self-sabotaging, it's toxic and it's harmful and it will keep you from receiving love the way that you deserve to receive love. And I don't want that for you. I want you to receive love the way that I've learned to receive love. With open arms. With light. And with a willingness to give it back. Right? And just this non-judgmental view. And open mind. And it's just, it's really almost indescribable. It's that, and I hate even saying it, and I'm probably, you are going to want to punch me through your headphones here, but it's that fairy tale kind of love, right? And I'm not saying we don't have our problems. We've definitely had our problems. Like I said, I just, I, there was some self-sabotaging moments where I almost screwed up our entire relationship because of these things that happened in my past that I was allowing myself to fall victim to. And they're things that, again, like I've said a little bit ago, I'm still working on. These things still come up for me. Four years later, I'm still dealing with this. And I honestly don't anticipate it's it not being a problem <laughs> anytime soon. You know, I I know I have healing to do. I know that I have more shifts to make in my life. And I'm getting there. But it starts with awareness and becoming aware of all these things, these six things that I've talked about tonight to you, that has helped me tremendously in becoming a stronger and more powerful person, becoming a more confident woman, you know, trusting my intuition, trusting my decision-making skills, right? Trusting the fact that I deserve this kind of love that I have now. Trusting that rejection isn't always about me. Maybe it's sometimes about them. Right? I need to trust in these things. And without the awareness, without the journey that I've been on over the past, really five years, I wouldn't have gotten to where I am today. 
So hopefully with this episode, I was able to wake you up to a couple of things that maybe you do in your life that you didn't realize. Um, And maybe, like I said before, there are some other things that you that show up for you in your life. And I love to hear about them. I love to talk to you about them. So leave a review. Let me know what you think. Share with me if this resonates with you, what comes up for you. Um, Again, I love to hear about it. And I hope you guys have an awesome freaking night. Again, when the course becomes available, permission to shift. If you want in, tell me, DM me and tell me that you heard about the course from the podcast and I will give you $100 off. I can't wait to work with you. The course is not something you're going to want to miss. It is so freaking amazing. Like so amazing. I'm so excited about it. But all right, I'm out. I love you and stay fiercely you.